0: Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and event consultant, Toby Dodge, author of The Other Side of the Isle, and Eric Zimmerman, DJ, Master of Ceremonies, pianist, and bandleader of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Wedding Coordinators. What do they do? Wedding and Event Podcast Episode 64. I discovered this valuable conversation in the raw footage archives of Wedding and Event Podcast. The original conversation went well over an hour and described situations handled by experienced wedding coordinator Toby Dodge. This conversation then went on to define important terms specific to wedding and event planning. It has been divided into separate episodes, to better present this information. Once planning and design are complete, it is now in the hands of the wedding coordinator to successfully execute the event. This episode illustrates the boots on the ground actions taken by the wedding coordinator. Experienced wedding coordinators work in the future of what's happening right now. During the course of the event, they foresee situations and solve problems before they happen, all the while making sure that the next activity is in place. And ready to go. And now please enjoy Wedding Coordinators. What do they do? Wedding and event podcast episode 64.
1: I have talked to couples who literally shop for a church. They're not affiliated. They mean no disrespect. Uh They want to be married in a church. Sometimes this is their opportunity to join a congregation, and so they'll go to Sunday services to kind of feel out the church and see if they want to participate. Others have gone or been involved in some fashion, but not in a formal membership way for decades, whether it's from their families, but they're you know, more mature now, and they may not, the minister or pastor may have changed over the years, and so they'll go in and talk and find out what's up, but they've never been a consistent parishioner. Right.
0: Okay? And so knowing that, being a part of that parish, they would get to know the administration there, And they would understand uh, what some of the policies are of that location. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Uh, Seeing what the service entails or what, what they're getting. And they need to be educated so they know what they need. Having somebody to talk to at the location, I think, is really, really important. Having somebody that you've hired... Who is a knowledgeable person, like a, an experienced wedding coordinator, mm-hmm. who knows what questions to ask and can represent the client, I think is really smart to have.
1: Well, of course, I would encourage, <laughs> and hopefully I'm not being biased here, I, I just think it's a smoother way to go. And some couples have asked me this, and I think it's a fair question. Well, if there's a coordinator at the church, why do we need you? you? And and I would say to them very honestly, if you want to take on the responsibility of knowing all the questions and being more knowledgeable about what each service is providing, what they need in the way of power— and finding out where they can set up. And I, I don't want to bulldoze them. I, I just yeah. go through several things. Then I said, you may not need me. That's right. However, there's got to be one point person that knows what's going on for the family's sake as well as any religious institution or location. Sometimes people get married in a park and then go on to a reception site. Right. It's not always in one location. So there's going to be coordination in the transportation and timing when pictures are taken realistically how much time you're going to take from place to place
0: just wrangling guests to get
1: yes and moving people and whether there's a bathroom at the park or you know if the lighting is such are they going to have some extra lighting you know if they need it wherever they're they're getting married if they should have a day that's overcast and They don't get that golden hour that they want. It's it's really in their best interest. And that's why over the years, I've encouraged couples to meet with a coordinator, no matter who is in charge at how many locations, to meet with someone independently who doesn't have any affiliation specifically with the house of worship or another location.
0: So they can be objective about...
1: Totally objective. Yeah. And just sit down with them for a couple of hours. You know, there have been many couples that, after talking with them, they may not be right for me, I may not be right for them, but the two hours that we spent together... Have
0: been good for them.
1: Invaluable. yes. And I and I don't mean to boast, but invaluable because it focuses on them on what's important to them right. and to make sure that there are the proper backups and knowledge and choices presented to them so they can make an educated decision. That's right. On many things, you know, and I look at it as an ounce of prevention. So the couple hundred dollars, even three hundred dollars that they might pay a seasoned planner in the beginning to kind of.
0: As a consultation, you mean?
1: Yes, as a consultation to flush out the issues that are important to them that they might not have even realized. Uh Uh-huh. Because as we have talked and shared stories uh, now for, oh my gosh, it's been a couple of years that we've been doing this, that they not that they didn't care, they just didn't think of it. And very frankly, if they're working with specific services or locations, they have their agenda. It's not that they don't care. It's just not everything would necessarily be brought up to them that's right and so here you go you've got a situation where an outside coordinator can kind of look at the big picture can see all the big puzzle puzzle pieces so to speak that make up the four corners or if it's a round puzzle the perimeter and then everybody that contributes starts filling in those pieces and if they're not fitting together, then at least you have the opportunity to make some adjustments early on. I'm going great, to give great you...
0: Great analogy. Great
1: analogy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you, a, a for instance, here. Uh, some time ago, I had a, a wedding, and the bride and groom were very self-sufficient. They knew they weren't going into the larger of two rooms at a banquet center. They, on purpose, wanted to go to the smaller room because it had an outside patio attached. Uh And it was late spring, it was gonna be warm here in Southern California, but it wasn't gonna be a problem for them to keep the doors open. There was uh, air conditioning, and it was close to the kitchen so there wasn't a you know wasn't a problem in service when you went into the location as long as there was somebody that directed people to the left or straight ahead there wasn't a problem all of the ceremonies were in basically one area you could if it was a small really small wedding have your ceremony in on the patio of this smaller room attached and then go into the room afterwards. But they had about 120 people, which almost maxed out the space. Uh Okay. So their plan was to go and have a wedding in the main location outside, which was near a arch um, that was not decorated, but was there. And some beautiful greenery and uh, rocks. And it was lovely. And then they would go through the clubhouse, so to speak. You know, the the large, I guess you would call it a lobby, into their room. Well, there was another wedding coming after theirs. And they usually time it a good hour and a half to two hours so that By the time the ceremony is over, the people arriving for the next wedding haven't arrived yet. And so that they can, you know, I mean, the wedding party might have arrived early, you know, for getting ready Uh for the next wedding, but not the guests. Well, in this one case, as a, a coordinator, and I was more or less the term day of which I honestly am uncomfortable with, but that was the term. Uh, Because I knew I had not 20 hours, but 40 hours (laughs) that this wedding would take. So I never considered that a day of. I figure, you know, if I spend less than 30 hours, okay, I'll consider it a day of kind of situation. But this was definitely not. So as a courtesy, I always checked the night before just to make sure when the wedding party for the next wedding was coming in. Wow! And believe that's it homework. or not, that's... yeah, that's a little homework, but it's not an easy thing to find out all the time because not all families want to be open about when they're coming. As long as they don't come too early they don't want necessarily everybody to know when they're coming. It's really interesting. It's a privacy issue for some people. So this, this was a banquet center and I knew the night before they would definitely know, um, for the next day, I just might not have been able to find that out a couple weeks in advance, but you know, the night before they would know. So I went into the office and I said, you know, just checking to see, when the next wedding after ours is coming. Because I know we have a short time in between. They're going to take pictures. And at this particular facility, you were allowed to take 20 minutes after the ceremony at the ceremony site. After that, you could go off into another area. But they wanted to make sure That whatever you did to the arch, or if you brought in something of your own, that it was cleared away so that the next party could have a clean and ready location. Sure. Now, it just so happens that our arch was going to be moved to the room where we were going to have the reception. Okay. And it was going to be placed over the bride and groom's table. So it was going to be reused. It wasn't like it was going to sit there forever. Right. However, there were petals that had to be picked up. That were tossed. Ooh. So you have you think about it. You've got an hour and a half to be in that area. Period. Which means 20 minutes to set whatever you have up half hour for the ceremony. Right. So that's 30 and 20, that's 50. So you have technically 40 minutes. So left for photographs. Oh. Clean up. Cleanup.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: So you got that 20 minutes at the at the arch so- and then you got 20 more minutes to clean up anything else.
0: So it's like an, you're allowing an hour and a half for that ceremony.
1: That's all you have. I mean that that those are the rules of the house.
0: I got it. was okay. this the was this the place in Burbank? Was the uh... No.
1: No, okay. it wasn't. All right. But it, it 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 may it you know I'm not sure what their rules are um, presently. Okay. But it's not unusual for banquet centers to have an hour and a half to 2 hours. Right. And very much the same as a, a Catholic ceremony. It's an an that's hour a tight, and a half. That's a tight to window. That's a very yeah, tight, a window. tight window. Anytime you have multiple events, it's hard to give more than an hour and a half to two hours. Right. Or else you will not be able to service enough events to make it worthwhile for everybody, price wise and time wise. So anyway, we got ourselves cleaned up. We barely made the, the time of the ceremony because we had guests that were late. And even though we were ready to start, there, there was probably 25% because either traffic or whatever that were not in attendance. And so you feel so badly because what do you do? What do you say to the, the families? You say, look, we're standing here and the guests are going to pass us if we don't start i'm it's it's your call if you want to wait and go into your changing room until i get at least 15% more people down the aisle and seated or do you want to start early and let them come later and miss part of it so
0: and this is because the other wedding is arriving
1: no, no, no. well yes yeah we we just don't have more time in other words if i if i didn't have another wedding on coming after hours we would just check with the musicians and you know pass waters or you know do anything we could not see people as soon But when we were seeding them, there was a steady stream of guests. So when that stops and you're missing 20, 25 percent, there's got to be a reason. It's either they're coming from one area and they're having a problem in traffic or even worse, they're not coming. And you don't know. You can't. You know, I mean, yes, you can start texting people today are you on your way are you on your way and if it if it had happened in the last five years that's exactly what i would have done i would have had the you know the contact list of all of their guests and their contact information and that's what i would have done and i would have found out really easy do we have non-shows Or do we have a traffic problem? Because even if you go on ways and you look at, you know, the traffic, it doesn't tell you everything because people go around that stuff now. So anyway, I don't want to belabor this, but as a coordinator, whether you're a day of or a day of director, you know what to do to help. But timing... You don't always have the choice. Right. And in this particular situation, I don't care how much information I had, I didn't have the time to call or to text or anything. We had to make a decision. Right. And so what we decided was to wait five more minutes. And if people didn't show, we start. And that's what we did. Now, interestingly, the 25% that was not there, only 10% showed. So we were missing 15%. Highly unusual. So we made the right decision. And I say we because it was the choice, you know, of the bride and groom whether they wait and then take pictures elsewhere. Yeah. There's now, always something you can do.
0: There you go. There you go. Now, I, I was just wondering, did that extra 15% show up to the wedding reception? Yes. They did. Okay. So, all right. They didn't want to they show up to the ceremony.
1: They want to come to the ceremony. Right. That, you know, if you're going to one place already, you know, <laughs> you logic would tell you okay I'll be a little late but honestly they were that late you knew they had no intention of coming yeah. until okay. the reception right. That's... and those are those little surprises so here again what do you do do you go in to the, to the banquet room after the ceremony people are out on the patio now do you take Tables away, or not?
0: Hmm.
1: Do you? I counted heads. Uh-huh. Now, as they were coming into the area of the patio, I it was in the days when I not always had assistance, especially if it was a tight timing and and all. So. I had to stay there and see who came by their escort carts. Then I said to myself, okay, if about 10 minutes ahead of the time we would normally open up the room for seating, I have to make sure everyone has picked up their seating carts. Because I couldn't stand there I had someone from the banquet center that was very nice and offered to take the gifts because that's what they usually did. So there was a presence of someone there I would never leave something alone. But the point is, there wasn't someone like me that was looking after the numbers because they were a greeter and took the gifts and put them away safely. And so it was know a routine that this particular banquet center had so (laughs) about 10 minutes ahead I start counting heads again because I had to go in and talk to the floor manager to let him know what was going on and so I had to vacate the sign-in table where the escort cards were so I had to count heads again and by then I was only off about 10%. Uh-huh. So I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, 120 people, 10% is 12 people. I'm not moving any tables. Oh. Because they could be filtered throughout, whatever. Sure enough, most of the people came. We were down about 5% in the end. But that's what it takes sometimes is logical thinking and checking. I hope if we have couples listening today that if a coordinator says to them you know I think I'm going to need a little assistance for just 4 hours. The first hour of the where when you have the cocktail And just into making sure everyone is seated and all. So it's like a half hour, you know, for if they have a first dance or they have a welcome or something. Just that first half hour, the hour before, that's an hour and a half. So then it's two and a half hours more, which means the ceremony and moving guests, that's about 45 minutes. And then an hour before the ceremony when you have seating and just checking to make sure that everybody's flowers are pinned on if they haven't taken any photographs or arrived later, whatever. I can't tell you what those four hours mean. It's just fantastic to have two people because at least one of them can attend to the bride and groom and their entourage, greet family members that may be coming for pictures that were not in attendance.
0: Direct them in where they need to
1: go. Yes, children who were too young to come to the rehearsal but will be taking part, and their parents need to know where they're going, where they're going to walk, if they're going to be seated afterwards, taken... To another room. I mean, there's just so many of those minor details.
0: Oh, that make all the difference in the.
1: That just, it truly does. I never considered myself to be such a detail oriented person until I realized all of this as I was learning my trade. And I'm so grateful to Pat Conaway, who was my mentor in the beginning, she just opened my eyes to watch everybody's movements, see their facial expressions, notice if someone doesn't greet them, do they ignore and walk by? In other words, it's our job to see that things are done properly. We can't assume just because we would behave one way that most people will behave that way. I was in awe of Pat how wonderful she was at just observing. I believe that I'm a better consultant now because I know how to give couples and services the benefit of the observations that I saw.
0: You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email eric at elegantmusic.com That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com Contact Toby by email toby at tobydodge.com That's T-O-B-E-Y at tobydodge.com Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.